Grand Risings, Grand Risings. This is Humble Dame coming to you guys on this magnificent Monday. I woke up kind of early to kind of get my bearings about myself before I have to start the homeschooling with the children. Uh, one moment, let me take a sip of this coffee. Ah, so delicious. I wanted to talk to you guys today about emotional sadism. Emotional sadism. And I'm going to be reading from an article from Psychology Today, which I love. Okay. Let's just go down here. Emotional sadism is an offshoot of sadism. Okay. Emotional sadism is an offshoot of sadism. Let's see, hold on my screen here. Ah, here we go. Sadism is basically the enjoyment of the pain of others. Generally, this is primarily manifested when the sadist is the one applying the pain, but not necessarily. Emotional sadism is the enjoyment of the emotional pain of others. This can be very harmful if being done non-consensually. In that relationship, it will be very clear, a very, very clear sign of abuse. But it can be done consensually, just as in sadism, there are those who seek out emotional sadists. Okay, now let's go down. Enjoying when other people are miserable. This can be their anger, sadness, loneliness, sexual frustration, insecurity, jealousy, confusion, fear, especially fear, anxiety, boredom, dread, or any other form of emotional pain. If you get pleasure, either sexual or otherwise, from other people being in the state, you're an emotional sadist, which is very, very um, powerful. It says um, it means that someone enjoys emotionally abusing others. Okay, Emotional sadism is when you get destroying emotional health of others. Literally, tears make the flowers grow. Okay. That your tears make their flowers grow. That's amazing. And so um, I know most of you are thinking, what are you on this subject for? Just something I've been observing that's been trending amongst the population is that um, our whole mentality as a people um, is to be sadistic and they enjoy it um, from malicious gossip to uh, the slander to, you know, what that's disguised as harmless conversation and it's really people that are sadistic, okay? You're going to encounter this in the workplace, in your families, unfortunately, in some of your romantic relationships where uh, a person who is, who is sadistic, when they're dishing out this type of uh, pain or the, there's these type of mechanisms to cause pain, it gives them pleasure and they actually love it and think it's beautiful. It's actually a mental illness. But to them, they think that it, it creates strength in them. Okay. And so, again, uh, you guys can also read Everyday Health. Everyday sadists walk amongst us. Okay. This is actually a very good one as well. Although we may think of sadism in the, a sexual or criminal context, sadistic tendencies are common in everyday life. Whether it's the Marquise de Sade, the evil stepmother from Snow White, or Nurse Ratchet. 
from one flew over the cuckoo's nest. All sadists take great pleasure in inflicting pain on others. Fortunately, you are unlikely to meet those particular three anytime soon. But according to an unusual duo of studies conducted in Vancouver, British Columbia, and published in Psychological Science this week, it is very possible you will bump into a boss, a colleague, or even a family member who may be considered an emotional everyday sadist. While most people try to avoid hurting others and will feel guilty, remorseful, and distressed if they do hurt someone intentionally or unintentionally, an everyday sadist enjoys being cruel and may find it exciting. We have probably all encountered people in our daily lives who at least seem to enjoy hurting others, said Lee researcher Erwin Beckles, M.A., who conducted this work as a part of a master's thesis in social personality psychology at the University of British Columbia. She is now a doctoral student at the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg. Okay, that was very, very good. Uh oh, something just popped up. Excuse my voice, guys. Got a little bit of a cold. One moment. My screen is doing the crazy stuff. All right, there we go. Everyday sadists lack empathy and they possess an internal motivation to hurt others. However, they are unlikely to act in a way that will be dangerous. Their behavior is hidden because it's met often met with social disapproval or punishment. Everyday sadists may be cousins to classic sociopaths in their lack of empathy, but they are not considered a danger in, in the way of society would think. It is only in situations where cruelty is encouraged or socially acceptable that dangerous behavior might enter the equation. Both sadistic personalities and situational pressures are necessary for sadists for sadism to manifest with everyday people. War is one example of this confluence. All forms of cruel behavior have the potential to be motivated by sadistic pleasure, including bullying and abuse and abuse by proxy by others. If it were done purely for, for pleasure, then it would be sadism. If you like to hurt bugs, you may be a sadist. It is one thing to have to take an empty mayonnaise jar to catch fireflies when you were a kid and accidentally forget to poke holes in it, causing the fireflies to die or to dispose of unhealthy bugs like roaches or insects that can harm you. It's another thing to enjoy harming bugs or animals. Burkles used a bug crushing exercise to, to draw the everyday sadist out of out in the controlled laboratory environment. For the experiment, she defines sadists in two ways. Their cruel behavior, felt pleasure in the lab, and personality characteristics consistent with sadism. A group of 71 participants were asked to fill out a sadism personality questionnaire and also given a list of four tasks that they could choose from. Killing bugs, helping the experimenter kill bugs, cleaning dirty to toilets, <clears throat> enduring pain from ice water. A bug crunching machine fashioned out of a coffee grinder made distinct crunching noises and sounds. 
placed close to this machine were cups containing live peel bugs that were labeled with names like Muffin, Ike, and Tootsie. Those who selected bug crushing were told to put the bags into the machine and grind them up. Unbeknownst to them, there was a barrier that prevented the bugs from being dropped into the grinder. No bugs were killed for this experiment, but it brought the sadist out of the closet. Of 71 participants, nearly 28% chose to kill the bugs. What exactly is a sadist? Sadistic personality disorder was once defined as a mental illness, but over time, sadism has been considered more of a lifestyle choice or a personality quirk or traits. The new Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, that's the DSM-5, does include sexual sadism disorder. This is marked by reoccurrence and intense sexual arousal from the suffering of others manifested by fantasies, urges, and behaviors, said Williford Bussey, Ph.D., a psychotherapist based in Bethesda, M.D., to meet full criteria to meet the full criteria from the disorder an individual also has to act on such urges by inflicting harm on a non-consenting individual or must experience such uncontrollable urges to cause sufficient and significant social and occupational impairment the central feature of sadism is deriving pleasure from watching or inflicting physical or psychological harms on others, added Dr. Bussey. Okay. In the extreme form of sadist, will seek to inflict suffering on another for the psychological gratification derived from derived from such an action. This is a really, really good article. If you guys wanted to continue reading this article again it's on everydayhealth.com and it is everyday sadist amongst us let me see if i could read on further let me see buckle study did not use classic criteria to define sadism most widely known as the sexual or criminal behavior and instead explore sadism as it exists in the subclinical range of personality an aspect of sadism not considered a mental illness. There is clearly a difference between a person who gets pleasure from killing bugs and a person who kills other humans for pleasure, said Buckles. That being said, the core experience of sadism is probably similar, pretty similar for both of them. Our research has often revealed both similarities and differences between people who enjoy acting cruelly or direct sadists and those who simply enjoy watching cruelty or vicarious sadists, regardless of whom the victim is, direct aggression requires a certain amount of callousness and a lack of distress towards the suffering of another living creature. How to spot a sadist? There is a big difference between the kind of evil sadists we know from history and in movies and people with sadistic impulses who fall into the category of sadism that is considered a personality trait rather than a personality disorder. It is very important to differentiate between an antisocial or sadistic personality disorder and sadistic impulses, said psychologist Fran Walfish. Psych ID. 
a family therapist and author in Beverly Hills, California. Antisocial personality disorder is very rare, Walfish said, offering examples such as Hitler, murderers who enjoy torturing their victims and watching them suffer, and possibly others. But the rest of us have unconscious sadistic impulses. Even the kindest, most loving person, when terribly mistreated, can feel an impulse of hate. Very strong, she added. Walfish explained that there are several subtypes of sadists. The explosive sadists, when disappointed or frustrated with their lies, humiliated or hopeless, they lose control and seek revenge for the mistreatment to which they feel subjected. They are known for their unpredictability and violence. This manifests through tantrums, fearsome attacks on others, especially family members, and uncontrollable rage. The tyrannical sadists, they are frightening and cruel because they appear to relish in the acts of menacing and brutalizing others. Forcing their victims to cower and submit gives them so much satisfaction. Enforcing sadists, they tend to be military sergeants, deans of universities, pastors, prison overseers, police officers, or people with other authoritative functions who feel they should be the ones controlling and punishing people who have broken the rules, regulations, or laws. Spineless sadists, they are deeply and typically deeply insecure and act like cowards. In anticipation of real danger, they project their hostile fantasies and strike first, hoping therefore to forestall their antagonistic nature. They use aggressive hostility to send the message to others that they aren't intimidated or fearful so that they can control their inner feelings and display the exact opposite of how they feel. They seek out scapegoats to gang up on, which allows them to assault the exact thing that exists within themselves that they want to deny. The everyday sadist. There is a renewed interest in studying subclinical sadism. As a personality trait, says Walfish, subclinical psychopathy, narcissism, Machiavellianism, and everyday sadism form the so-called dark triad of personality. These people aren't necessarily serial killers or sexual deviants, but they gain some emotional benefit in causing or simply observing others suffering. The type of person the study is referring to are, for instance, the co-worker who repeatedly humiliates you and smiles or appears to reap pleasure from hurting you. If you self-advocate and say something that inflames your co-worker, she retaliates with evil revenge, further humiliating you. Exercise caution around everyday sadists. The British Columbia researchers surmise that everyday sadists are not the most popular people. A person who has a high score on a sadism personality questionnaire is unlikely to be regarded as a nice and loving person. That is not to say that they are always nasty or that they can't love others, but in general, high scores tend to be less nice than average. How does someone become an everyday sadist? In general, the cause or reason someone wants to go the extra effort to hurt another is because someone terribly mistreated them. 
said Wallfish. That someone is usually their mother, father, or older sibling. The sadist was a reciprocal, a container for hostility and evil meanness. These toxic feelings become too much for one to bear. They have no choice but to find a weaker a victim and spew the venom onto another. Within their own families and in the workplace, these people cannot be trusted, Wallfish observed. No one can ever feel safe with them. Therefore, they do not have real relationships. They engage by exploiting, manipulating, and using others as a means to their own end. The best thing to do is keep a reasonable distance from these people. Always be pleasant so that you don't become their target. That, that does not mean kiss up or kiss their ass. It just means you present yourself as a benign nice guy. Never do business or get close to any of these types of people. They will always take you down. Buckle said she was surprised to find such a low baseline of positive emotions reported by sadists. They are not just acting out to compensate for deep-rooted insecurity or low self-esteem, she said. Interestingly, after an act of cruelty, their mood seems to lighten, suggesting instead that the sadist's appetite for cruelty derives some diabolical need. Although speculative, our hypothesis is that sadists have an underlying deficient that is satiated through cruelty rewards. This may help develop your skills from stress to anxiety, memory to resilience. There are scientifically proven ways that can help you in areas where you might need support. Read nonverbal cues, helping us understand the intentions of others. And it says if you want more. You can guys can go to the total brain assessment to see if you guys are an everyday sadist yourself. I have taken this quiz. Again, I'm going to give you the link here. If you want more, you can download, sorry, the total brain app. Okay. It's for, it's free to assess your mental health and brain performance to see how you compare to others. And access the full library of self-care exercises, including brain training, breathing, meditation, and neuroscience-based music. So the reason for me um, reading these beautiful articles that were very informative is to kind of help cut through um, maybe some of you guys' anger um, with these type of people. Okay, What you need to um, do is you need to get uh, knowledge, which is reading. Right. If you start seeing certain characteristics in the people around you at your workplace or in your family um, or at your neighborhood, uh, uh, you know, grocery store, you need to. Uh, our first reaction is to get angry. Right. And so then after we surrender that anger, um, we should try to understand and get knowledge. It's not understanding to give them a pass on their cruel and terrible behavior It's to try to understand what will make a person go that low. And once you get understanding, then you offer solutions. It's not just a beat up fest of someone whose brain may not be working properly due to former abuse they may have received. And this is their weird way of getting um, their needs met. Um, and these are that's why I wanted to pull out from psychology today and everyday to um, reference some PhDs, some MDs, some people who are in the field who have done studies and case studies 
on people who have um, everyday these everyday sadists or sadistic personality disorder. Um, and so that way you can have compassion, but you also have to distance yourself. As the um, wonderful PhD said, you have to kind of uh, distance yourself from these people. Okay. And you still want to take the test for yourself. Let me get that link again. You can uh, download Total Brain, Total Brain app, and it's a free mental health and brain performance to see how you compare to others and access the full library of self-care exercises, including brain training, breathing, meditation, and neuroscience-based music. I'm a big, big, big person on breathing, on yoga or meditation. Okay, I love um, neuroscience music to kind of help touch certain areas in your brain to help you release dopamine and those feel good hormones and calm down and relax. And um, some people don't they're not aware that they can do these things to help uh, self-regulate themselves and bring them from a place of cowardice, which causes them to be cruelty into a place of being courageous and, and showing concern for others. And that's all can be done through self-care. That's why I'm a huge advocate on, on taking care of yourself, okay, on breathing, on yoga. Um, maybe some art therapy is great. You can sit down and, and do a few uh, drawings, some painting, uh, taking long walks. Maybe have one glass of wine. We don't want to get drunk, but I have wine from um, time to time, a glass of wine, a uh, nice hot bath. These things showing yourself self-care. And the more that you care for yourself, the more that you will care for others. So the next time you encounter... Uh, like this article, I love the way they coined that phrase, everyday sadist. Just kind of look at them from a distance through the eyes of compassion, that they don't feel good about themselves and they don't practice proper self-care. Um, so they have to harm you in order to have some inner need met. Okay. And also steer clear of these people. They can be dangerous if they are encouraging or around others who encourage this type of behavior. Um, then they're getting admired by something that's actually uh, will be socially looked down upon. Okay, so always be nice, be cordial, but stay away from them. Okay, and you guys have a wonderful day. Again, that is Total Brain. It's a Total Brain app where you guys can kind of figure out where you are on that sadism range. And there's no shame here. Okay, it's for you to get some self-care tips and for you to listen to some beautiful neuroscience music. That can help you with those uh, sadistic urges and bring you to a place of serenity and serene urges. And so when you have peace on the inside, you want to spread that peace to others. When you have sadistic urges on the inside, you want to harm others and it brings you pleasure. Okay, so have compassion on these people. Keep your distance and you guys enjoy this magnificent Monday. Bye.